traveling or going on a business trip, you've got no time to waste. And nobody knows that better than Hertz. Whether it's picking up or dropping off your Ford or other fine car, nobody has more to do it faster. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jacques. What do old people smell like? What? Those pens. Hey, oh. <laughs> hey, Joe. What? What do old Trump supporters smell like? What? <laughs> Shit. Hey, oh. What is this laughing? <laughs> uh, hello, cronies, and welcome to uh, Carnival Personnel. Got a little confused because we just recorded two sides. Don't break down the fourth wall. Uh, we're coming to you live from our echo chamber. We spent a lot of money trying to sound like we're recording on technology 12 years dated. And I'm just here visiting my daughter. <laughs> Anyways, Joe, yes. let's get right into it. Okay. All sports all the time. Thank you. Four days till patch training camp. Got Nin- days. 19 days to the first preseason game against Jacksonville. 47 days till the home opener, the season opener against KC. But uh, but the Patriots aren't the uh, the football topic I want to start today's show with. No, what is it? The juice is loose! Hey-oh! O.J. Simpson. I see O.J. Finally, the Innocence Project got off their fucking asses and got an innocent man sprung. Yep. Yet another example of the white man holding me down. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a little dated by the time this is airing, but uh, but OJ, uh, soon to be a free man, I think October 1st is his date. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, again, 47 days, Patriots open, Thursday night football, race of fifth banner. But one of the four parole, I don't know, officials... It was a four-person panel overhearing, like, the the OJ um, parole hearing. Yeah. Calls out to Kansas City Sports Radio the day before to give them the heads up that he's going to be on TV, the OJ thing is going to be really big, and that he's going to use that opportunity to show his love of the Kansas City Chiefs by wearing a Kansas City Chief tie at the parole hearing. <laughs> and, and then he goes on sports radio in Kansas City the next day to get his pats on the back for sure what a fan he is by... In the middle of a parole hearing, going out of his way. O.J. Simpson killed two people. Yeah. Allegedly. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, and, and Actually, you know, it's not even allegedly anymore. In the eyes of the law, well, in the eyes of the criminal law, he's innocent. And in the eyes of the civil court, guilty as a mofo. Now, now where is the state of Massachusetts with Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> <laughs> Yet another innocent man. Right. Um, but... It, it, it's it's 
as as a wannabe comedian who finds humor in everything and it, it tries to, the fact that this guy and and again this coming from a patriot guy who maybe I would wear a patriot tie if I was a parole officer overhearing a double murderer getting out of prison, but it's like, dude, it's like this might be it for me to say this. I get the irony, but a time and place, you know. And again, it's not like Kansas City has won five Super Bowls in the last seventeen <laughs> years. But the more the more important thing is the juice is loose, and he's relocating to Florida. Florida. We'll be right. The most upstanding state in the union, by the way. Yeah, because when you think of... I think he's getting a condo next to George Zimmerman. <laughs> you know, right by that creepy clown who likes to just stand by the side of the highway. <laughs> when you hear fucked up news stories, it's always Florida. It's right. Well, actually, <laughs> my favorite Twitter account is Florida Man, which is a basically a, it's an aggregate web uh, Twitter account where they post headlines that basically is like say like you know Florida man in the emergency room after sitting on broken glass bottle or you know does the most outrageous things in the eyes of the law, um, and you know so now O.J. Simpson will soon be a Florida man probably the Florida man in in many many eyes. So the, and the biggest reason with Florida. It's a terrific golfing, for first and foremost. I'm, Beautiful. I'm, I'm quite sure. Greatest golf. But in the state of Florida, all his pensions are protected from the civil litigation. So even though he owes the Simpson family and the Goldman family, I think it's $35 million. The Brown family, right? Right, right. Yeah. The Brown family and the Simpsons, like you know, Nicole's, his... Nicole's family and stuff. Well, like she's that. Nicole Brown. Oh, Nicole Brown, yeah. right. Thank you. She... Um, not anymore. Anyways, <sighs> they uh, he gets he's he's accrued something like six hundred thousand dollars from the NFL uh, players' pension since being in prison. Yeah, they can't touch it. They can't go after it. Can't touch that. Also, <laughs> also his Screen Actor Guild stuff, which it makes me feel guilty watching all of those Naked Gun movies now. Well, that, well you know, it's 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 sad. It's it's management brought this up. You think of all the writers and producers and the other actors, especially the smaller actors who had bit roles on like the Cosby show, who they've pulled it all out of syndication. Yeah. Like like that's those people's meal ticket. I know. And because of Bill Cosby being a fabulous comedian and a fucking horrible human being. Alleged. Alleged. Um, all those people lose out on that. So you think about all the people, you know, I, you know, I'm guessing like the Naked Gun's not going to be running on TBS anytime soon. I don't think it hurts a download thing. But, but back to him going to Florida. Yeah, he's running to Florida where they can't, you know, touch his retirements and his annuities and those stuff. So he's coming out of jail. I don't know the money he had going in, but I know it's accrued a pretty good, you know, amount of money that I think you can live comfortably on, you know, six hundred thousand dollars, you know, coming out of jail. Plus, he's still going to get that NFL pension the rest of his life so life is fair is what you're saying you know, i'm saying life is fair in the same thing where where aaron hernandez uh met his demise in prison and technically in the eyes of the state of massachusetts died an innocent man his family is now suing the nfl for his salary that he because he, he got cut from the team and they're going after him um, from the wrongful termination angle and stuff so he had yeah. part of his you know you can't say you know he wouldn't have made the team but the big thing is his signing bonus like that was his signing bonus it was to be paid out over a certain amount of time when they you know cut ties the day he was arrested 
he's going back after the well he's not doing anything uh dirt nap maybe but he um he his family is going after uh the nfl and the patriots for that money so you know sticking on the funny sports things you know oj simpson and i don't know how much of the uh the poor old hearing you heard, but he was retrying the case. Yeah, right. Like as if the methinks thou doth protest too much, Mister Simpson. You know, it's just like remember when he wrote that book, "If I Did It." If I like, wh- what the fuck is wrong right. with you? Yeah, like well, in, in his defense, yeah, he wasn't the guy who physically had the gun when he allegedly went to, well, yeah, I think it was proven. I can't say, I don't have to say allegedly. He went in and tried and tried to steal back his memorabilia with two armed men that he didn't know was armed. He didn't know. I well, didn't know. he didn't know the guys. They were at the hotel for a wedding that were star-fucking getting to hang out with O.J., and O.J. convinced these guys, it's like, hey, this guy is crossing me on this stuff. I want to go get back my stuff. And here are people who just, you know. If only he had just said, uh, you guys definitely don't have guns, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. And he did. He tried to play that card. He's like, oh, I would, ne- I would never pull a gun on somebody. I would never hurt anybody. Except those two people I decapitated <laughs> with my bare hands and a butter knife. Yeah. You know? Well, he didn't, though. No, but but now he can get back to solving the real. I hopefully like. Wouldn't it be great and awful if you know how they have the Mike Tyson mysteries cartoon series on yeah. Adult Swim? Yes. Wouldn't it be great if if OJ joins the team of the Mike Tyson mysteries to find the real killers? Here, Would that be in bad taste? Yes. Here, no. Okay. Speaking of bad taste, yes or no? Does he appear on the Kardashian one of the Kardashian shows in the next two years? No, this, probably not. This is a guy that they refer to as Uncle OJ. Right. Well, yeah, go ahead. That's it. I yeah. mean, they, they they were incredibly close. Before the trial, before, you know, like Kardashian like, represented him as part of the dream team, that family will do absolutely anything to get the, you know, to get any more attention. Do they distance themselves or do they have him on? Maybe they side reference him like they show maybe the Kardashians reaction to OJ Simpson's release not necessarily having him on but maybe they speak of it and they kind of piggyback onto the story to bolster their their ratings you know so it's like they're having him on without having him on did um has uh has Kato Kalin like popped his head out of the guest house lately? <laughs> has like has anybody like put a mic in front of him to see where he feels about all this? I don't know. I don't. I think if you even if you search for him in IMDb, you wouldn't find him. Like I think he's been deleted from the internet. But you think you think about this whole thing? It is absolutely still the 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 craziest thing about this is how huge OJ was when all this happened. Like, right. how iconic he was. And he, beloved. Absolutely. I mean, his, his airport Hearst commercials, like, the naked gun stuff. I mean, here was an absolute world-class, arguably one of the best running backs in the history of football. On the shittiest team in the history of football. I mean, he, he was a star... You know, like no other in his, in his UC, in USC days. So since college, he was on the national stage. Since well, that's like '66, he started. You know, with USC. So he was on the 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 nation's radar for 30 plus years. A beloved sports figure, a hero, 
And then he, you know, becomes an actor, and it, it's all campy, over the top, funny. But it's all funny. Well, he did like the the Towering Inferno and some serious stuff, right? But the the Leslie Nielsen stuff, all the Naked Gun stuff, like you said, I mean, it was hilarious, and he had a really great sense of humor about himself, while still being one of the leading NFL commentaries, you know, on the sideline. I mean, when it happened, it just seemed so, so, so unrealistic. I mean. It's funny out like LeBron James went on a killing streak now or yeah, something right. like that. Um, you heard it here first, by the way. <laughs> uh, remember that guy that uh, Laura Bush killed? <laughs> uh, do you remember that? Yeah, like, okay, right, right, right. Well, so I was talking about this with a couple friends, and somebody reminded me ESPN, one of the great 30s for 30s they did, yeah. is. Everybody remembers where they were. It's it's for somebody in my age and your age. Yeah. Where were you when the car? I I think I know where you were. I think you I'll, were. At, and I was at my house. You were at your house. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I remember because I got the phone call from my friend Jim. Oh, I, you know Jim. Our friend Jim. 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 Jim's Jim on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim called me. He's like, are you? Are you it's funny because he was watching sports, right? And I was not watching sports at the time. He was watching the. It was like a basketball. Houston game. Rockets. Yeah. It was the NBA Finals, right? The um, we my band was playing a party at our friend Kim's house, your friend Kim's house, and there was now all of a sudden forty five, fifty people stopping what they're doing in the middle of a party, and just for hours, just absolutely mesmerized, you know, by by these events unfolding, you know, because of the time difference. Yeah. It was, you know, late night. It was like nine, ten o'clock at night here, Eastern time. while this was going Eastern time. The funny thing is, the 30 for 30 um, that I'm referencing talked about all the other huge things that were going on that day that are completely lost to history. Yeah. So the New York Rangers had their ticker tape parade down Madison Avenue. It was the first cup they won since 1940. Yes. So they broke that, you know, 45-year drought. It was a seven-game series. It was considered, like at the time, one of the greatest Stanley Cup finals. Who did they beat? They beat, I oh. want to say they beat Vancouver. I think mm. it was Vancouver. Was it Vancouver? Wow. Um, but but this huge, I mean, Marc Messier, like the toast of the town. I mean, guaranteeing his, his like the calling the shot thing, like his, his him calling the comeback against New Jersey in the conference finals. It was epic. It was epic, epic, epic. Like you said, Jim was home watching, you know, the Houston Rockets. It was like game five of the NBA finals. And then on top of that, uh, it was Arnold Palmer's um, last round at the U.S. Masters. It was his last day as a professional golfer, like considered the greatest golfer of all time, on his last go-around with the, uh, with the Masters. All forgotten. And, yeah. and, and those are just like, you know, NBA, and it's like, those are major, major things. Like, the NBA Finals happens every year, but the, the, the Rangers won the Cup of the Big Ticker Tape Parade in New York, of all the iconic places. Yep. Arnold Palmer's career, come, nobody ever talks about it. It's, it's like the big mistake that Farrah Fawcett made. Farrah Fawcett fucked up and died the same day Michael Jackson That's did. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Timing is everything. So has she? If she dies on like a slower news day or any other day that the king of pop doesn't die, she's the one that you know is beloved and gets all the tributes and maybe a couple specials on the awesome people and all that stuff. But she died like. You know, nine, ten o'clock in the morning, she's like, you know, the 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 work goes out. She passed away a couple hours later. Michael Jackson, and it's like, no one, you know, yeah. So I, and, and the thing Farrah is, who? no one remembered. 
including me. And I'm like, wait a minute, who was it who died the same? I knew somebody else died, like famous the same. And when I started Googling, it's like, who died the same day? And like Google search came up <laughs> that Michael Jackson died. And it's like, boom, it was Farrah Fawcett. Wow. So, yeah. So, um, so that's an interesting documentary. But yes, the wrong has been righted. O.J. Simpson set to be a free man, uh-huh. um, and some ass clown on the parole board in you know Nevada wearing his Kansas City Chief tie. So uh, great, great, uh, great country we live in. It, 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 it really, it, it really is. So moving on to more fun things, Joe, you and I have been going back and forth. Is Al Franken running for president? I say no, and I say. Today was the first time I remember him doing one of the Sunday morning shows. But more important than is he running for president, is he? Why don't you talk a little bit about Boiling the Frog? Yeah, a Boiling the Frog is this web series that uh, Al Franken is doing on Funny or Die, where he's, I think, essentially trying to get... He's interviewing um, different celebrities about climate change and what we can do to reverse it and you know how we can as uh, US citizens take action to uh, let our senators know and our congress people know that uh, you know we want to do something about fighting climate change and not be complacent and uh, I think his first uh, interviewee is uh, the the not late great David Letterman um, which I think is fantastic uh, it, it's fun because he keeps hammering home the same stats, and soon we're going to have on a climate scientist, a tenure professor at the University of Maryland, and also a contributor to Physics Today. Physics Today, a bi-weekly show for the serious physicist. <laughs> but our, our friend Ross is going to you know come on the show soon, and Ross is in the ninety-seven uh, percentile, the ninety-seven percent. Wow, that's really low. Oh, wait a second. Oh wait, it's not the. Uh, and, and so Al keeps like you know, Mr. Franken, Senator Franken, right, President Franken. Keeps making these references. It's like, yes, there is three percent of scientists out there who who will deny that man is greatly affecting it. They say it's a, it's a cycle of life type thing, uh, and then you go in and. You know, most of, not all, but most of the 3% of climate scientists out there happen to be working in the petroleum industry. They yeah. just, and, and, and it's the same, it's the same, you know, credible doctors who all through the 60s were telling you, what are you talking about? Smoking's probably the best thing for you. You breathe in, it expands your lungs. There could be nothing better Weight for you. Weight losses. Right. Paramount. So, so uh, I, I could not recommend more going to Funny or Die, uh, going to YouTube, and putting in Al Frank and uh, boil. Boiling the Frog. It is, it is great. Like, because Joe sent it to me the other day, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, my God, it's brilliant. And it was. It was really fun. Like, you know, here's, here's Letterman, who is looking incredibly homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Yet not. Not right, yes. Yet very, very not. What's the opposite of homeless, uh, David Letterman? Owns many homes and is doing quite well. Yeah. But it, but it is. It's interesting and it's real. It's 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 Al Franken. So it's very very smart. But it's it's funny. I know, who would have thunk that Al Franken could be very very smart? The Lorne again writer. Yeah. Bless his heart. So so that was really good. Yeah. Uh, but we. Uh, but what can we do? What can we like Al Franken says? Uh, what can we do? to combat climate change. I mean, I'm just one 
man. You are just one. You, I think. You're one incredibly sexy man, but one man <sighs> nonetheless. Yeah, go on. Please. Yeah, uh, what can you do? 202-224-3121. What, you're talking gibberish, man. What is that? That is the same phone number that your president wants people to call to get his budget passed. Oh, you mean 202-224-3121. Call that number. And, and, and so Joe and I, you know, talking, it's like, you know, with, with health care and all these other things, it's like, for somebody who lives in California or Massachusetts, you're going to be fine no matter if this horrible bill, you know, faces. So it's hard to, like, you know, keep wanting to fight this fight for people in, in Kentucky who go out of their way to fuck themselves over. But, like we said, if you put that number in your phone and, you know, when you drive to work and at a red light, you know, hit speed dial and just make one quick, you, you say... This is where I live. They will connect you to your senator. They will connect you to your congresspeople. And you say, this is who I am. Climate change is important. Please keep fighting for this. Click. It will not take a minute out of your life. But Al Franken was saying, and it was great to hear somebody like him who says, we go through each and every one of these calls. We actually listen. We keep track of who's calling in. What does he know about politics? He's a comedian. He's a personality on television. He does not... No, these things. He's not credible. That was my Donald Trump impersonation, by the way. Thank, w- thank you. Thank you. Hold, the, hold for applause. Go ahead. And there's the applause. <laughs> oh, but you know, these mics and headphones do not pay for themselves. So luckily, we have sponsors to help us. Right. And uh, not just any sponsor, but defunct sponsors. <laughs> so so uh, enjoy our defunct sponsor of the week. You are the player, and the arcade is the arena. You focus your mind and propel yourself into a universe where you're the master of your destiny for as long as you can keep the trip going. This is the Arcade Experience. We're ColecoVision. We bring the Arcade Experience home with games like Donkey Kong with multiple screens, arcade controls, and arcade graphics that let you have the Arcade Experience at home because your vision is our vision. ColecoVision. Wow, Joe, I cannot believe the the, the marketing that you do to get these sponsors to come on board to help out with this. Yeah, you have to sell out a little bit in this business in order to make it. And uh, I'm not afraid to do that. And and so, seriously, our, our whole marketing branding team who keeps finding these sponsors to come on board, we are very lucky to have them. Which now brings us to to uh, uh, the, the segment, what am I calling it? This week... Um, uh, Does everything have the word weak in it? No, like, that's is it true. Really, okay. like, can yeah. we just mix it up a bit? Uh, how about this moment in class? All right. Uh, as long, okay, so now as long as we're keeping the word this in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just deconstructing everything on the air. I'm literally <laughs> going to kill you. Oh, no. Say goodbye to Joe, America. <laughs> I will not be missed. And our friends in France. Uh, but, but seriously, the word comes out about John McCain. And I'm not going to bemoan that, you know, he's he's dealing with his things. You have to say you wish him the best. Right. Um, for karma's sake. I like senators who don't get brain cancer. <laughs> and Joe brings up an excellent point. You see Barack Obama, who ran against him in 2000. You can't really say they were palsy well, see. Right. Uh, 2008. 2008. It was right. Thank you. It was the 2008 with him. And... Um, 
they were they they did not have a close working relationship. But as soon as the word came out that, hey, John McCain wasn't just having this blood clot removed, that it turned out to be something more serious, the tweet from Barack Obama was nothing but class and dignity, saying he is one of the bravest people I know, he's a great American, cancer doesn't know what it's up against. Give him hell. It was just truly, and and instantly you had like, you know, some a-holes saying, oh, that's just pandering, and oh, he's just, uh, you know, at the same time, at the same time, what's that dude's name? Uh, Sarah Huckabee was asked if the president... (laughs) Sarah Huckabee is not a dude. I just want to state clearly that I do not condone you calling Sarah Huckabee Sanders a dude. Could she kick the shit out of you? Yeah. Okay. Could she kick the shit out of you and me at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> What's her ground game like? What's her grappling like? So she, um, okay, I'll say she to be politically correct, but she's asked at the briefing, <laughs> does the president regret his John McCain isn't a war hero comment? And she point blank says, well, I don't know if he regrets his statement, but we know he wishes him well. So mm. you, you cannot compare. So here it is, somebody his own party. The president spokesperson can't even come out and say, yeah, you know, those, those weren't the best statements and John's a great guy and, and belabor the point or, 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 you know, come close to saying what, you know, Obama came out with who, yeah. who just it can't be like Obama, can't be like Obama. <laughs> no matter like how much class and dignity Obama shows. Maybe that's his whole motif is like, what's Obama doing? And then immediately doing the opposite of it. So if Obama comes out and says, you know what, let's get away with net neutrality and let's make sure that we get this Paul Ryan health care in. Yeah, that, uh, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. Mr. President uh, Obama, if you are, of course, listening to this podcast in your free time, uh, why don't you just take the opposite effect? Why don't you do a little... Uh you know, a little reverse psychology on President Trump and say, you know, come out, and not against climate change, for, for climate, climate change. change. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe, you know. Just to do the opposite. Just to do the opposite. Get where I'm going with this mumbling routine. So I'm not going to bring up this week in irony, but it is ironic that when the Affordable Care Act, known as the ACA, then bastardized as Obamacare to make it sound bad, was was making its way through the House and the Senate. Senator Ted Kennedy, Massachusetts, gets sick, and he was a huge, huge, huge pushing single payer, pushing it to go as far in the people's favor as possible. He gets sick, and when he was replaced in the Senate by Republican Scott Brown, the Democrats lost its filibuster uh, keeping it from be filibustered, they yeah. had they had the sixty votes that they needed, and now it's I do not want to say poetic justice or karma, but it's ironically funny. Sorry, ironically interesting, not funny. How much ironic? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like rain on a sunny on a wedding day. day. It's, it's a, a free ride. ride. When, when you've already paid, paid. it's the good advice. No, I go high and you oh, go high. It's the good advice that you just didn't take. And who would have thought? Now you're singing like Eddie Better. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wouldn't be stuck in this echo chamber with you, a dumbass. Does this panic room have an exit, by the way? <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but it, but the fact that they're having trouble repealing it because they don't have the votes, and not that McCain is for this this repeal without replace. I mean, he's kind of common sense when it comes to that. But you know, with Mitch McConnell trying to bribe his way through the few you know holdouts. There, there's more of a chance that it passes if McCain's there. So, I don't, again, I don't know. It's uh, but now moving on, like you know. Uh, By the way, we're moving into a this week in. We're not. We are not. <laughs> we're not. Um, knock knock. <laughs> Who's Go there? fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, last week in hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> this week in hypocrisy, uh, but shocking. Oh, wait, time out. I have to bring attention to this. I thought Jacques was being clever when he typed this. <laughs> on, <laughs> on the paper, it says, <laughs> this week in hypocrisy, like hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was being a... I was. Uh, okay, all right, good, all right. Well, but, but in the world of hypocrisy, usually we're talking about the GOP. Yeah, um, the 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 Christian Taliban. This week in hypocrisy, Julian Assange, who has been working with the people at Showtime, doing a documentary on him. Yeah, and it wasn't pro Julian Assange. 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 Thank you. And it wasn't anti Julian Assange. But as they started to unravel it a bit, he was getting uncomfortable about being called out on, on some of the hypocrisies. Yeah. That, like, you know, he, he he was a darling when he was exposing all of these companies' things, and this, but it turns out he was really cherry-picking which companies he went after, which political people he went after. This past election cycle, it was obvious. It's like he worked with the Russians to dump Hillary over the DNC emails and stuff like that. And so as the as the show started to kind of really get into it, and we're talking months and months of working alongside with him, and the producers started to see certain patterns emerging. And again, not saying he's a great guy or bad guy, but this is the full picture of him. He gets very uncomfortable and sends them cease and desist letters to stop the production own. of their documentary because wow. he doesn't like some of the things that they're saying about him. But didn't he sign something ahead of time? He, well, that's the thing. He wants out of like the whole thing. Um, he's trying to say he won't work with them, but he didn't like some of the stuff that they discovered along the you way. You mean he doesn't have like a dick pic of the president of Showtime <laughs> like on file in the chamber ready he, to go? He just might. And the president, you know, is, is fine with oh, it. By the way, I don't know if the president of the uh, of the Showtime network is a man. But that doesn't, not... doesn't mean it doesn't have a dick. <laughs> Dude, this is 2017. I'm sorry. Stop jumping to conclusions. I know. You, you, I'm you, such a... You ignorant. I'm such an, a, a, a cisgendered fuck. You really are. You're like, you know... No, like, you know, we, you know, sidebar here. It's like with the LGBT community. I never know when letters are being added. I, I try my best to watch all the CW shows where they try to introduce... Wait, what does CW character. stand for? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Uh, come on, Whitey. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Can't watch? Ooh. Ooh. No, it's great. But, uh, 
you know, and that's coming from the 17 year old girl that I am, that all those like you again, know. transgenderism right here <laughs> on the Carnival Personnel podcast. Uh, but, but seriously, the fact that Julian Assange is sending cease and desist letters because he doesn't like the content that they're uncovering, that they're making part of this, when his entire empire, he's been this darling of the media and you know, renowned around the world for this champion of the little guy for getting the truth out there, um, isn't liking when uh, the tables are turned on him. You know what? I wish did have a cease and desist order on it. On Our Showtime. podcast? Oh. <laughs> That's coming. Our defunct sponsor is going to rise from the grave and put a cease and desist. But uh, that Oliver Stone documentary or interview with Putin. Remember that? Okay. Does Putin have dick pics on Oliver yeah, Stone? Yeah, right. I think Putin and, and Assange are in cahoots. Oliver uh, Stone, it was. It was a few years back, did a no. American history. Oh, oh, you're talking about something. Yeah, did, did an eight-part American history thing, and it was hard to watch. It was hard for him to, to point out, like, the real faultings, the American history that you don't you don't find because look, history is written by the winners. Right. So in, in our history books, we don't go around bragging. Was about it essentially like the chorus of America? Fuck yeah! Like slavery. Fuck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like you know, the the, the Spanish American War w- w- was started over a fire in a boat that was a complete accident that we blame Spain on in order to get into this war, and this breaks down exactly. Who, who in the administration was, and again, it, it, it's, it's no different now than it was then. You know, they didn't have the term the military-industrial complex back then. But to get more money for the military, you needed somebody to go and fight. And it's been a while since we had fought somebody. And this kind of gave the people who make weapons the, the, the ability to go and start this BS war. Luckily, we've learned from that mistake and never blamed a country for having um, done something to the United States as a reason to go into war with them. Seriously, the fact that we have always been, a, you know, taken the high road and yep. gotten all the facts in line. But seriously, Oliver Stone does this great eight-piece documentary and it's very hard-hitting and it was nonpartisan. It showed some awful crappy pieces of legislation that Lincoln got through. And uh but yeah, like that emancipate oh <laughs> sorry, that's not the that's not the example. Remember, you're remember what Lincoln said after the three day drinking bench. I, I freed who? <laughs> but I could use another box. <laughs> use another box. So he uh but he, but he did. I mean, it's meant to be a grabber. Never mind. He, he he said shitty things about this Republican, shitty things about Kennedy. You know, the behind the scenes of this, the the, the, the deal making. It was a really hard hitting um eight-part expose. I mean, we're talking like 16, 18 hours of content. Then he goes over to interview Putin and he honestly makes Katie Couric, uh, not Katie Couric, um, who came over from Fox to NBC. Oh, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. He made Megan Kelly look like the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, like grizzled, 60-minute Right, like Edward R. Murrow. You know, that fluff piece that she did, like, paled in comparison. It's like, you know, Oliver Stone looking him dead in the eye. It's like, is it is it difficult being this great of a person? Right. <laughs> you know. It's like if you were to interview, um, you know, Bill Belichick. Right. right. <laughs> is it hard being the greatest right. coach in the history of all sports? Right. But but it, it is. It's disgusting that. And what? Why? Why did he roll over so much? What? What do you? What? How do you? What do you hypothesize? That? I think because he was scared 
because he was interviewing Vladimir Putin, a man who murdered journalists for, you know, basically not towing any any one of his lines. Oh, he didn't murder journalists. He murdered journalists, opposition people, people in his own party. <laughs> he didn't just, that, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't discriminate. And, and when you follow this, it's 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 sad that. You know, th- there was all those jokes when Putin, you know, the one meeting that we know Putin met, you know, um, Trump, basically saying, it's like, oh, yeah, we don't have these problems with journalists. No, you don't, because they're all dead. Right. It's just like the same way that the um, Iranians didn't have problems with gays. Right. Exactly. If they're not around, you don't have a problem yeah, We don't with have them. problems with the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> that was my German accent. I'm sorry. I apologize to all Germans, Jews, and people. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you got the people in there because I know they were there. But, you know, it, it is. It's crazy that somebody like him who was this, you know, want to be, get to the truth. Kind of, well, same thing with like Julian Assange. Je. 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 <laughs> I'm going to kill that's you. A, you're, that's, you're already three Coke Zeros in, man. You're, <laughs> you're starting to Thank slur God your I'm words. not driving, man. Thank God. <laughs> And somebody busted in the panic room, called for help. But we, uh, but, but it is. You, you look at, you look at, like, you know, the power of Putin. The fact that I don't remember Julian Assange releasing any Putin emails. I don't remember him releasing any, you know, emails for people who. No. So. So I don't think he even has Vladimir Putin's email address. That's how I mean people forget. I mean, please, everybody who's over like 35, go back and think about everything that you thought about the KGB. Growing up in in and that the KGB was the boogeyman, that the KGB was really the people running Russia. Yeah, and watch spies like us again. Thank you. You can't get any closer to reality than <laughs> spies like us. Or that wait, that wasn't a documentary. <laughs> but people forget. It's like Putin came from the KGB. Putin was the KGB. He came up through the ranks of the KGB. And did you hear lately, or the the latest comment from uh, Vladimir Putin about he's not sure if he's ready to stop being president? Like, right? You know, he. Had, I think there's like what a three term. No, that you can't have. You can't serve more than three consecutive terms. Well, as president. This is how he gets around it. He sometimes is a president. Sometimes he's a prime minister. He has toggled back and forth between that. I mean, he has lived through... I mean, he came into power, don't forget, when George Bush Sr. was in power. So you're talking... Yeah. Yeah, but he came into power. He 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 became he be, he took. No, he had Boris Yeltsin in the Clinton years. Boris Yeltsin was in the yes, but he like Boris Yeltsin was being like Putin had basically been calling the strings, and it was like uh, the pardons that your president currently is talking about giving himself. He made a deal. By he, the, what do you mean your president? What do you mean you people? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, uh, Cheetolini. Yeah, Cheetolini. <laughs> but the because uh, I can't say my president, so I have Loki. A your president. <laughs> my my dog. I'll president. never forgive you, Loki. By the way, you son of a bitch. He's looking at us like he doesn't know what we're fucking talking about. <laughs> Cut the shit, Loki. Seriously, 
Loki's a dog. So, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to let the podcast know. Loki's a dog. Not the real Loki. <laughs> no, and when we say he's a dog, we don't mean, oh, he's this guy who voted for Trump. <laughs> like you, Jim. Uh, we, we mean he's an actual four-legged, right. you know. Uh, but, but, but seriously, while, while Yeltsin was in power, he made a deal with Putin because he was extorting uh, huge sums of money and, uh. and, and the KGB and Putin knew it. So Putin was calling the shots several years before he technically took over and he gave, gave Boris Yeltsin the full pardon in exchange for going away and I'm going to now be president. Oh, wait, no, it's been two years or two terms. Yeah. I'm now the prime minister. Right. And the, but that's funny because there's no term limit. It's just that, like he can't be more than two consecutive terms. Right. We just didn't know a term was 50 years. Yeah, right. Or, or the, well, yeah. Well, I think in 2012 I read that they extended the term for president in Russia from four years to six years. So now you can serve, you know, 12 years straight. Um, but then you can... I don't think there's anything stopping him from, you know, becoming prime minister. As prime you, minister, yeah. And then, and then going back to being president right. for another 12 years. Right. So president for life. Yay. But seriously, he was, he was the second guy in, in command in the shadow, but he was really running things. He was taking meetings with, with you know, George Bush Sr. and stuff like that. So you're talking, you know. Um, it's, it's been a long time since he's been running that, that country um, with about 20 oligarchs. And he's just getting started, baby. Well, he is. I mean, like, you know, we've talked about it. If, if, if you gave him a, you know, if he had a Christmas wish list, if I had one if wish. If I had one wish. It'd be all the boys and girls of the world to hold hands and say, <laughs> all right, forget the kid thing. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Look up Steve Martin on SNL doing that. But, but you know, he, he is. He, he's destabilizing NATO. He has the, U, the current U.S. president truly wrapped around his finger. Uh, but, but, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's amazing that there's nobody, you know, to stand up to, you know, what's really going on. Um, you got Merkel in, in Germany, but that's about it. Mm. But on a more positive thing, uh, I was reading about... Um, you know, as we are trying to wind the clock back, like back to the good old days, you know, when when women couldn't vote and like you know you could own people and all that stuff. Man owned man. <laughs> but we, uh, but but I was I was reading this, which I was like, wait a minute, this, is that really happening in Afghanistan? With their version of Sesame Street, they're now they have a you're new, the puppet. <laughs> you're the puppet. Uh, they are introducing a new puppet uh, who's four years old and a boy whose sister is six, and the two of them are hoping that they can go to school together. And how great school will be because lots of Afghanistan girls, it's still not legal for girls to get educated. So. In, in that part of the world that is, uh, let's say, not progressive, right. especially towards women issues, there yeah. is this, this ground swelling, and, and, and they're, they're starting. They're starting with, hey, let's start educating this group of like children coming up. Typical that, liberal agenda! <laughs> making its way to Afghanistan. But at the same time, when you, when you find out, like, oh, every new bill coming through Congress, it's like every single one has defunding Planned Parenthood. It's like the, the place where, you know, 
tens of hundreds of thousands of women go for, you know, breast cancer screening. Their whole goal is how can we defund this, 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 you know, women's, women's service clinic. Yeah. It, it's, but on the other hand, on the other side of the world, Afghanistan is trying to make strides. Up is down, black is white, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Wait, is that is that Mr. Sanders? Did, did Senator no, Sanders no, walk I was in and to... sound it like Senator Sanders is making an appearance on our podcast? No, that is not true. That was my Bill Murray impersonation. <laughs> was that a shitty Bill Murray impersonation? One hell of a Bernie Sanders impersonation. But we, uh, I think that brings us to this week in Netflix. Week being W E A K. <laughs> Uh, what, what, what do you have from Netflix, Redbox, or, hmm. or, or other? What, what, what are you watching this week besides the Get a Life? Uh, well, I'm watching one thing that I'm kind of halfway through. Um, Castlevania, the series. It's this is nobody listening to this podcast is going to give two shits about it. I mean, if you hate my video game reviews of the week, you're going to really hate my pick. Uh, Castlevania it was a, uh, a video game series from the Nintendo era and is still going on today, but. Uh, Netflix has a new series called Castlevania, which takes place uh, in the world of Castlevania 3 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Anyways, long story short, too late. Uh, (laughs) It's a a vampire killer uh, animated series. It's kind of like done in the style of anime. Um, it's very R-rated, very gory, um, but it's, uh, it's basically the story of Dracula, um, and the little backstory on like the person be- that becomes Dracula, and then how he's wronged by this community, and he decides to, uh, you know, seek vengeance against this community by cursing them with demons and all that shit. Um, but then there's also Trevor Belmont of the Belmont Vampire Killing Clan, who comes to town to save. Um, or at least try to combat Dracula and, and try to rid the town of Dracula's curse. Um, it's just a very gory, bloody, awesome. Uh, f- only four episodes. It's like it's basically it's a it's like a movie, you know, into in four parts. Like they're like you know twenty something ep- twenty something minute episodes each. But they're going to do eight more episodes of this series. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm digging it. It's you know it's it's the first time Castlevania, the video game, has had a television series of any sort and this animated foray is pretty cool and it's and it's easy to take in 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 small doses so i say that and as a bonus netflix pick it's quasi netflix but comic-con is out this week and one of the comic-con trailers that was released was for stranger things season two and man if you haven't already watched this then stop listening now Go to Netflix's webpage. I don't know how the I don't know how you find Netflix on the internet nowadays. Or go to the YouTube channel. Look up the Stranger Things season two trailer, and um, and just you know be ready to experience that nerdgasm of '80s nostalgia and monsters and. Uh, so you want people to watch it right now? Yes. Okay. So wait. Ready? Wow. That trailer was- I'm sorry if that spoiled it for you, but. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, It's an amazing trailer. So I say so, two things. Watch this, the Stranger Things trailer first, 
And then if you have time to kill, watch Castlevania on Netflix. You, Jacques? Uh, glow! <laughs> As in glow fuck yourself? <laughs> Actually, uh, I watched a couple things out of Redbox this week. I, uh, What's a Redbox? <laughs> oh, if you really hit her hard. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, but my, my pick is coming from an app called uh, Go90. Verizon, I got a call a couple months ago from a buddy of mine who's in the development world, uh, content development world for TV and stuff, uh, Verizon is trying to get into the streaming content development game, a la Hulu, Amazon Prime, and all that stuff. And one of the the new outlets that they have is an app called Go90. So he sent me it a little, little while ago, and I never really got it around to checking it out and then he circled back it's like hey did you see anything on that these are, this is the age demographic they're going for this is what they're looking at I'm like oh you know I haven't looked I'll look they had a show that's seven episodes and I want to say they're 15 minute episodes and it's a show called Now We're Talking it's two ex-NFL quarterbacks one was the starter and his backup that you know a, a season or two in switched positions like the backup Took right. the starter role, and they were, but they were on the same team for five years, and this is ten years after they retired, uh-huh. and now uh, they end up showing up at the same uh, school for broadcasting to <laughs> to teach you how to be like a sideline reporter and stuff like that. It is absolutely hysterical. You don't have to be a big sports guy, but there's so many like. Uh, little references to other like athletes who have like kind of segued into this world and where they wound up and kind of you know how they learned to do all this stuff. So yeah. so it's, but, it's and it's fictional though. It's fictional, yeah. But it's really really any funny. cameos by a certain Th- there's there's lots of cameo. Yeah, there's a bunch of athletes. Does OJ show up? OJ has not made his, but that was last season. Ah. So next season, if they come back for a second season, you know, now that the juice is loose. Did you? Uh, by the way, going back to that topic, um, did you hear about the Bunny Ranch offer for uh, O.J. Simpson to come on as like some sort of like a consultant or something? I, is this a, this has to be an awesome joke? No, no, it's not a joke. Like you know what the Bunny Ranch is? It's a it's a you know, do a, I oh, ever? It's a bordello in in, in Vegas uh, or Nevada. And the uh, I guess Dennis Hoff, the, the 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 owner of the Bunny Ranch, offered a position to um, O.J. Simpson to be part of uh, I don't know to do something for the uh, for their establishment. And the prostitutes that work at the Bunny Ranch have threatened to quit if O.J. Simpson is ever involved with their establishment. And I thought, wow. Now we're really living in the upside down when prostitutes have higher standards than the American public. Well, that that's that's the funny thing, um, but yes, my pick for this week's Netflix thing is called "Now We're Talking on the, the Ghost." And the thing is, I didn't download the app. I didn't know I was looking for something on demand for the little um, the little uh, Dream Squashers, otherwise known as my children. And I saw that the Go Ninety uh, channel is on. Um, on the cable carrier, so I, I watched mm. it and I recommended that. So Go Ninety is not elder porn. It is not, <laughs> not yet. But I'm quite sure if you can, if you go to your favorite, you know, uh, uh, X Videos U Porn site, you can probably find free plug. Like, like, like <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't, I, I don't want to. No, this is not a world for me. I'm going to take the Aaron Hernandez route and uh, going to the rickety stool store. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh but that that was uh 
that was it for me. Oh, do we? So we don't have time for a random video game review of the week. Oh, we got plenty of time. We're just not at your. <laughs> well, oh. we do have video games oh, here. But yeah, I don't know what's on the shelf. Oh, oh. So let so me do a quick review. We are not in Joe's. You know, we are not in Joe's hall. You know, I tell you what. I can do the video game oh, review. Oh, yes. yes. So we're at my place, and, and there's not a large collection. I think I can't see what they are, but I think there's like 10 PS4 games over there. Go ahead. Go go pick one of them. Oh, I never got to do this before. <laughs> now I'm in the upside down. Hold on, guys. Now, now Joe gets to figure out what it's like to be the dude. <laughs> this store won't open. <laughs> so he's going. I, 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 he, he's doing a, a weird... Uh, is that the Macarena? I cannot tell. No. He's doing the uh, the, the Batman Watusi dance. Uh, I forget what episode that was on. And he is bringing over... Uh, uh, I'm so nervous, guys. <laughs> just fucking 10 videos over there. Okay. From the space that he picked... I'm, okay, so that came from the top. Um... It better not be Resident Evil 5. <laughs> it's Resident Evil 5. <laughs> oh, I laugh just because I've been playing this game nonstop for like six years now. But you've never properly reviewed it. Okay, I have not properly reviewed it. Okay, Resident Evil 5 is the fifth installment of the Resident Evil. Go on. Wait, you sound like a guy who's doing a book report who's never read the book. <laughs> He's screaming the cover. Wait, hold up. You didn't take out the disc and blow it. Play, place. There we go. Uh, no, this this game, it's great. It's, uh, you know, uh, I like playing it online. There's two There's two main characters that go through it. You know, uh, Chris Redfield and um, I don't know Sheva's last name. I don't know if Sheva has a last name. I think name. it's a Sheva. I think she's like the Madonna of Africa. <laughs> you know, so she's... Uh, was she Sade? <laughs> see, see what he's done there. It's just that's why you hang out with smarter people. You feel smarter hanging around. I should hang out with smarter people then. But <laughs> and that wraps our last Carnival Personnel podcast. Say goodbye, Loki. Goodbye, Loki. And uh, so, so yeah, it, you know, there's like you know, ten chapters in there. You're these people are being zombified. You got to find it out, and it turns out to be spoiler alert from a game that's been out for nine years. It's the same bad guy since the first Resident Evil. By the way, the video games that I typically review have been out for thirty five years. So <laughs> yes, exactly. spoiler um, and. It turns out that the bad guy that you thought was, you know, died in episode, like, you know, four, or you thought he died in episode, you know, whenever he died, is still calling the shots, is still bent on world domination, is still creating these, you know, B.O.W.'s, biologically organic weapons that are the size of buildings that can destroy all humanity, and you have to... Sounds like a great idea. So uh, the bonus content is, you know, what I really like. So the story, you know, from start to finish, if you're completely loaded up with the weapons and stuff like that and you play on normal or even vet, you can probably blow through in like two, three hours getting through the cutscenes. But then they have a couple different um, options where you can do these side missions that you see other characters slightly interwoven through and through the cutscenes, they, they reference things that happened in the past that you can actually play what happened in those scenes. And that's really great. Uh, it's a lot more fun to play online because the AI in this 
get you killed all the fucking time. And this is the PS4 version that was remastered. And thank God it's been remastered because before the PS4 version came out, I was the only one playing with Jacques on the PS3 version, which, by the way, a little update, my PS3 died. Oh. Yeah. Why are we friends? I know. <laughs> RIP my PS3. Did this all just this week when it? Went? Yeah, this week my kid, my younger son was playing it, and he goes, "Dad, there's a yellow light," and then it just like it just shuts off by itself, and it got the yellow light of death essentially, which is a known thing with the PS3 fat systems, the first generation of PlayStation 3 systems, where they uh, over years of usage, like the thermal paste that holds the that basically protects the CPU from overheating disintegrates. So when you turn it on. It just overheats automatically, and then it automatically shuts off, and there's no fixing it. The good news is you can get a PS3 for, like, 50 bucks. The the bad news is it's, like, you have to replay all the games to, like, load up the weapons again. Yeah, my, all my stuff is gone. All my, yeah, because, yeah. like, like, we've gone through with all the moving back and forth and stuff. It's, like, these these aren't made to be packed up and lugged around the world Not the way I have the last, like, four or five years. But... So there's been a couple times that we've lost, like the PS3s have cleared everything out, and it does. It takes a couple months to get, you know, back to where you were. Back to, back to where yeah. you were. And uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm a guy <laughs> in my mid 40s complaining that I lost all my great guns. Mid 40s. I hate everything about you. <laughs> Seriously. So go on with your awesome video game review. But yeah, no, it's a really fun game. It's it's best because no, even on the PS3 still, because it's such a popular game, you can play. There's always I people think, to jump online and play. Right, and this like I think the multiplayer is what saved this game from being derided as like a shitty right. entry into the uh, Resident Evil because they're on Resident Evil Seven now. Um, but I understand that Resident Evil Five was the most of a departure from the series. It was like 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 so. I've gone back and played the other one, and four is pretty good. But there isn't a multiplayer level to it, so there's not a lot of interest. And and if there's one thing I'm not loving about P, the the seven, which I love the game, scariest shit, probably the scariest game, Resident Evil Seven I played, but it's a one person game. But that's the fun thing about like you know six and five is you can go online, and even when I plug in the PS3, you can still there's aren't as many people online playing. But again, I highly recommend you know you going online and playing with somebody because the AI that follows you you know is like two feet behind. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, Resident Evil Five is probably the game that has uh, ruined my child's uh, childhood the most because I spend more time playing this than uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, parenting. Well, parenting. Right. Well, maybe, or, or, or you could look at it from a different perspective, and maybe it's saved his maybe childhood. It's saving yeah. childhood. The alternate universe of his childhood, where you're actually interacting with him more, maybe scarier than what's actually happening. No, no, it's it's awful because like one day the little little guy it was about two years ago, so he's five and he wants to play. You know, you can play the bonus scenes on the same thing. Rated him for mature, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you were literally shooting hundreds of zombies in the head just before they rip you if to shreds. If you're good. If you're good. I mean, the cutscenes when you die are pretty brutal. I tend to go for the, to death. I tend to go for the nut shots. I'm a little sadistic <laughs> that way. But uh, but you know, you know, one one of the uh, you, you can pick up a grenade launcher and it has different grenades where you can hit somebody with uh, nitro and freeze them and, and then kick them and they shatter into a That's trillion pieces. T1000. Move. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. And he, so he's playing, and he was such a noob. And I'm like, are you even trying? <laughs> and I'm like, he's five. 
he's probably trying his hardest. And I'm thinking, when I was five, you know, <laughs> had my dad been around, what game would he be playing with me other than, you know, hiding a funky <laughs> you know, hiding no seek is what, he, you know, he was really good at that yeah, game. Hiding his foot in your ass. <laughs> see, see, I would hide and he would move to Buffalo. <laughs> so uh, go listen to episode four, Daddy Issues, for more. <laughs> Um, so that would be so you know you know wrapping this up um, you know do we want we want to plug sideshow this week yeah sideshow this week is uh, with your friend our friend our friend that's right because I have friends that are new now because of the podcast our friend Tracy who is a uh, what a clown I mean this complete clown she's literally a clown party clown so we have a professional party clown coming on to break down the whole world of clowning um to all four of our listeners, I think we're up to four now. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the feedback. We do get some great feedback. Oh, you know, I left this off. So for a good, let's say, ever, I play with the same hockey group uh, at Friday nights, known as FNH. The guy who runs it, Paul Laguar, 89 years old, still on the ice three to four times a week. He is a god. Truly, truly a god. The funniest guy I know. Um, when I say he plays, he doesn't just... Um, you know, stand on the line. He's very active. He's completely, completely fucked up what we all think about getting older. Um, tells the dirtiest jokes. Great guy. But anyway, so he runs this Friday night thing. You know, my closest friends, some of the best guys in the world, uh, you know, are there. And I sat in the same stall every Friday for, you know, a good 15 years. I played for I-20, but we moved to this different rink about 15 years ago. And one of our buddies, shout out to All-Star Tommy, um, my favorite, you know, Yale hockey alum, uh, decided to bring a Bluetooth speaker to FNH last week and stream the podcast for, for the locker room, which I, he didn't tell me he was going to do that. And, you know, Biff and John and our normal friends who listen, and thank you guys, um, didn't tell me about it. Like, you know, one of the, one of the other guys on the team, I get up in the morning, was like, hey, it was great to have you in the locker room again last night. And I'm like, the fuck is he talking about? And then I got two or three other text messages from different people before somebody goes, oh, Tommy brought and streamed Carnival Personnel in the locker room. So, so wait, are you saying that Carnival Personnel is literally locker room talk? It is literally <laughs> locker room talk. So I grabbed her by the pussy. Oh, because, oh so now I'm... Hickory, dickory, duck. <laughs> Jack and Joe went up the hill. King Kong balls? I said ping pong balls. <laughs> you know, roll them over and you... Anyway, so... Uh, so don't, don't, don't... We should just do a whole side show on punchlines. Punchlines. But so it was great. So seriously, uh, the friends out there who periodically put our podcast on their Facebook page or tweet out that we have new episodes, it is, it is absolutely great. We thank you. Please keep doing that. This is, this is our get slow... Uh, get rich, get rich slow. slow scheme. It's working out just like we thought. Yes. Uh, you know, between you and the defunct sponsors, it's really making all this worthwhile. Uh, but by the way, my buddy who gave me the heads up had a hat trick on Friday night. I, but I guess he wasn't really shooting against the goal. He was shooting against Biff. Oh, that's just... We just lost one of our three listeners. Uh, You're going to hear it. Sh- should I say Biff or should I say our future New England Whaler correspondent when we get to this <laughs> week in WHA Hockey Talk in September? Oh, uh, guys, tickling your ass with a feather with that one. <laughs> so, so thank you for listening. Tune in uh, to Sideshow on Thursday. And please do not forget... 